1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
0: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a great start to your Wednesday. We finally are in the time of the NBA season that we've all been waiting for. Each and every night there is an important game when it comes to the Western and Eastern Conference playoffs, and it is so awesome to be a part of the equation again, of the conversation again, where games that the Grizzlies play and games that other teams play are important to keep up with because of the impact that it has on the Grizzlies' playoff Opportunities, their playoff outlook. Well, the thing that I can say is this, and we'll get into this more into the third segment. I think that one of the more important games two weeks from now, or three weeks from now, basically, when we're looking at the play-in setup for the Western Conference, I feel like tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers, between the Grizzlies and the Portland Trailblazers, may be one of the most important games that's looked backed upon That, you know, the outcome of tonight's game in terms of its impact on the seeding of where different teams are once that playoff tournament starts in the Western Conference. We'll cover that in the third segment. In the first segment, I'm going to discuss on how on an individual level, several Grizzlies have took needed steps forward in needed areas in terms of their improvement this season that has helped the Grizzlies overall as a team improve in the second half of the season compared to the first half. In the second segment, on a per-quarter basis, we're going to take a look at what has been the Grizzlies' most advantageous lineups and as this Grizzlies team is becoming better at playing complete games night in and night out. And in the third segment... We'll discuss the importance of this game against Portland and how the Grizzlies can put themselves in the best chance to earn a third straight victory against the Trailblazers. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Odyssey app, the, the podcast app on your phone. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we will be. And we certainly ask that you listen, enjoy, subscribe, review. Let us know what you think of the show. My name's Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for three years. Love writing about them over with the great folks at Grizzly Bear Blues. Love talking about them here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. I've been doing it for more than a year now. And the biggest reason why is because it allows for me on a daily basis to enjoy many passions that I have when it comes to sports. Talking about basketball, the NBA, the Grizzlies, and more than anything, getting to interact with others who share the same passions as I do. But let's get right into it. Do do want to remind you of our title sponsor, Michelob Bolter. Coming up, we're going to talk about at the end of this first segment, our Miraculous Ultra Player of the Week, I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag real quickly. It's not going to be a huge surprise as to who won it this week. But yesterday, I talked a bit about John ja Morant and how, you know, in several ways in the month of April, he has certainly improved his overall game when it came to coming in, when it, before April, coming into April. But in general, John ja Morant is just one of several Grizzlies who have seen Needed improvement in needed areas of their game, and from that happening as a collective unit up and down the roster, the Grizzlies themselves have certainly improved in needed areas in the second half of the season versus the first half. Let's take John ja Morant, for instance. In the first half of the season, he was averaging he, he was averaging 45.4% from the field on 18 shots per 36 minutes, 23.3% on 4.43 point attempts per 36 minutes in the first half of the season. In the second half of the season, John ja Morant actually is taking less shots, but he's shooting 46.6% from the field now and 35% from three in the second half of the season. He has significantly improved his ability to make the shot and make better shots when it comes to his overall production in the second half of the season. The other big thing about John Morant that stands out is his rebounds. He has improved that again as the Grizzlies front line or the Grizzlies front court has been a bit in flux at times. He's improved that as well. So Jaws across the board contributions have certainly improved. What sparked this idea for me was a conversation that I had with Parker Fleming from Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter on Monday. Parker had posted a clip in which he does great work all the time when it comes to really pointing out great examples of how the Grizzlies are continuing to evolve in their offensive and defensive schemes through videos that he posts on Twitter. But he made the point that he showed Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman connecting on a very good Bain pass to Tillman for an open look from three. That highlight itself showed how each rookie has improved. When it comes to Desmond Bain, it's his ability to contribute across the the board. He has remained one of the best three-point shooters in the league throughout the entire year. But an area that he certainly has improved in is that per 36 minutes in the first half of the season, Desmond Bain was averaging 4.5 rebounds and 2.1 assists before the All-Star break. Since the All-Star break has happened, Desmond Bain is now averaging 5.3 rebounds and 3.5 assists. He's improved by nearly a full point per game in each area, and that is certainly a needed step forward as defenses have adjusted to make it harder for him to find his shot. Desmond Bain is finding other ways to contribute, and that's a huge development for him to be more than just a very good shooter. He is showing that he can be a good contributor across the board. Xavier Tillman, who we just discussed, you know, while his playing time has been up and down a bit, his three point shooting is certainly improved, and it's made him more of a weapon, more of an effective um weapon from the corner. You know, we've noticed this year through where Brandon Clark, you know, positioned himself at the first of the year, Kyle Anderson, Justice Winslow at times, obviously Xavier Tillman. Coach Taylor Jenkins, in in several of his schemes, one of the options that he wants is for the guy playing the four on the court to be a Corner three-point threat for Jaw and Jonas and others off the pick and roll. Well, Kyle Anderson certainly benefited from that in the first half of the season, but in the second half, it's been Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman has improved from 28% from three in the first half of the season to now 38% from three himself. But speaking of a guy who really has taken a step forward when it comes to his ability to score and shoot has been Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks in the first half of the season averaged 19.6 points per 36 minutes, but he did it on 30 39.6% shooting on nearly 19 shots a game and 32% from 3. In the second half of the season, Dylan Brooks is actually averaging 21.2 points per game. But it's because he's improved his field goal percentage from 39 to 44% overall and he's improved his three-point percentage from from 30% from 32% all the way up to 38. Dillon Brooks has taken a significant step forward when it comes to his shot selection, and that has allowed for him to become a better offensive contributor. Jonas Valanciunas, who has played like an all-star, like a legitimate all-NBA type center over the past six weeks for the second half of the season. A big reason why? Before the All-Star break, he was making 53% of his shots. After the All-Star break, he's making 62% of his shots. And the thing about it is this, is that it's not just about the people who have improved in certain areas. It's about the people who also have maintained their improvement overall this season. Yes, Kyle Anderson has has seen his three-point production go down a bit, but he's still making shots at a high clip, and he also is becoming more opportunistic on defense as he's seen his steals and rebounds both improve as well. DeAnthony Melton and Grayson Allen, they have maintained their hot shooting throughout the year in which they have created benefits out of that two-guard position all year long because of how well they've shot. So either it's people that you were hoping would step up this year, maintaining their success to show that they have taken a step in their development, Or it's as the season has evolved, several of the Grizzlies' better talents or more relevant talents have taken needed steps in areas to become better across the board. And the overall end result is a team that is playing more balanced, is playing with higher offensive consistency, and is playing with more confidence on both ends of the court. And that's why this Grizzlies team has had the success that it's had in April against a very tough schedule. But the thing about it is this, is that this Grizzlies team a lot of times also talks about playing the full 48 minutes of each game. But when it comes to breaking down that 48 minutes into the four quarters of each game that are played, what has been the Grizzlies' most advantageous lineup in all four quarters? Coming up, we're going to discuss those lineups and see what exact combinations of players have really found the most success at different points of the games for the Grizzlies this season. As I mentioned in the first segment, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, it's going to be no surprise this week. It's John Morant. Five straight games or 20 or more points. He's having the best stretch of his season so far this year against one of the tougher stretches when it comes to the opponents that the Grizzlies are facing. In my opinion, he honestly has a campaign for Western Conference Player of the Week. But as we mentioned with everyone, you know, when it comes to talking about John Morant's success individually, he doesn't have time for it. He wants to talk about the success of the team or his teammates in general. And the reason why is because whether you're talking about joy, happiness, or enjoyment, all three of those things describe how John Morant loves playing with the with the Grizzlies and how the rest of the team loves playing with John Morant. That's what has helped them exceed expectations consistently. What makes Morant such a leader and what's make, what makes this team so special is because of the culture they are creating to support the success they are having on the court. Well, to support your success as a fan, I could certainly suggest that when you sit down and you enjoy a Grizzlies game, enjoy a nice glass of McLeod-Bolter with it. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. When you ask yourself this question, are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? I could tell you this, the Memphis Grizzlies win because they're happy. I hope that you could say you can win as a fan because you're happy, because you're watching the Grizzlies and enjoying a glass of Michelob Ultra doing it as well. Congratulations to John Morant for being our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. So as we've been talking about in the month of April, the Grizzlies have certainly been playing more balanced basketball. There also has been a definite improvement when it comes to the Grizzlies' ability to play all four quarters, especially their improvement when it comes to starting games better compared to how they did in March. But just for the fun of it, I figured it would be fun to see exactly what lineups have been the most advantageous for the Grizzlies at certain points during their games since the roster has started getting more and more healthy beginning on March 1st. So I wanted to look at the five, three, and four-man lineup, the five, four, and three-man lineups per quarter that have really stood out to be productive at different points of the game for the Grizzlies to kind of gather an idea of some players that make sense to play certain stretches of each game. In the first quarter, for instance, so so basically the way that I queried this is I did it from March 1st on, and I broke down all, I broke down each of the quarters, and I'm looking at lineups that have played 25 or more minutes together just as kind of, you know, a, a fair, you know, amount of minutes that shows, you know, how some lineups have done well. Again, don't take too much from this, but I think it's interesting to see, kind of as the roster has become deeper and deeper, what lineups have been the most successful during certain points in the game. In terms of the first quarter, when it comes to five-man lineups, we had talked about the fact that the lineup of John, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas have been very successful in the first half of the season. Well, that certainly has fallen off. You know, they were the best first quarter five-man lineup in the NBA. Well, since the start of March, this group is a negative 6.3 net rating. They certainly haven't been as good offensively. They've been pretty bad defensively. And as a matter of fact, so they've played 116 minutes together in the first quarter since the start of March. The lineup of Valanciunas, Anderson, Brooks, John ja Morant, and Desmond Bain compared to Grayson Allen, it has a 2.5 percent our 2.5 net rating in the first quarter. So Bain being in the starting lineup actually has been better than Grayson Allen being in the starting lineup since the first of March. But when it comes to overall the first quarter net ratings, as to what makes the most sense, th- at the end of the day, the pl- the the lineup that has played the best together is obviously John ja Morant. Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, and Jonas Valanciunas. That net rating itself has also fallen off. Despite who's playing at the two guard, the four-man lineup of Jaw, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas, the four who regularly start together, it's at a negative 3.5 net rating since the beginning of March. So overall, this the starting lineup for the Grizzlies has fallen off a bit in the first quarter with how successful they've been, despite the fact that the Grizzlies have done quite well at the first of games in April. That just goes to show how bad March was for the Grizzlies. A couple of lineups that have done really well four man wise in terms of the first quarter Dylan Brooks, Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, and Valanchunas, that, that five-man lineup of Bain, Ja, Dylan, Kyle, and Um Jonas, it seems like that that really has been a fun starting lineup for this Grizzlies team since the beginning of March, especially up, you know, when compared to, um, you know, the lineup that includes Grayson Allen. In terms of three-man lineup, it's much of the same. The net lineup that offers the most benefit still contains Desmond Bain, but the other names that really stands out because of when he started but also when he's coming off the bench is the fact that the the first four three-man lineups that have the best net ratings in the first quarter since March for the Grizzlies, they all contain Xavier Tillman. So whether he's been starting or whether he's been coming off the bench, Xavier Tillman has offered a lot of positive play to begin games that has really stood out for the Grizzlies. So overall, the Grizzlies certainly have taken a step back, especially in March when it comes to their first quarters. But overall, they have stepped it up, especially here as of late. And Xavier Tillman has also provided great value when he's been in. The second quarter, obviously has been the you know overall the 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 weak quarter for the grizzlies all season long and it shows as we transition from our bench back to our starters that once teams make their initial adjustments the grizzlies have not been that great at adjusting back though they have done better as of late but in terms of the four man lineups that have done well in the second quarters it's actually our starting lineup when they re-enter the game. If you've noticed in some of these second quarters we'll kind of Try to fill our way through the first six minutes. But then when the starting lineup comes back into the second half of second quarters, we do pretty well. In the second quarter, since March 1st, the Grizzlies four-man lineup of Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, and John Morant, our starting lineup basically with any two guard, it has a net rating of 23.8. So while our starting lineup has dwindled down a bit, they've struggled a bit in the first quarter since the beginning of March, they certainly, once they get their first rest, they've come back in and made a big impact in the second quarter. Look at the three man lineups in the second quarter. It supports this as well as different mixtures of the bench and the starting lineup really have been successful in the second quarter. So, basically, the way that what has seemed to have been a formula that's worked in the second quarter is that the bench will finish out the first quarter for the Grizzlies, and then to start the second quarter, there will be some mixture of the bench lineup. With a starter, for instance, one of the lineups that's really stood out, the three-man lineup of Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks, and Desmond Bain, in 29 second quarter minutes playing together since March 1st, they have a net rating of 35.3. When you look at DeAnthony Melton, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman, they have a net rating of 29.6. Dylan Brooks, John Moran, and Desmond Bain are 25.5. The thing that this is getting at is, is that some mixture of the bench and the starters start off the second quarter, and then the starters come back in to finish up the quarter. That has seemed to have been a formula that really works. Obviously, the Anthony Melton, Bain, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, them having their impact, a few impact minutes in that stretch as well, really stands out. But the formula that seems to be showing well for this Grizzlies team in terms of their second quarter production since March 1st is that is the fact that they found good combinations of a starter with the bench unit, plus the hot play of DeAndy Melton. All those things have really helped out in the second quarter, which has offered vast improvement compared to the start of the year. When we go to the third quarter, that's when the numbers start to get quite fun in terms of the Grizzlies' ability to be able to play well Together, since March 1st in the third quarter, the Grizzlies lineup of Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, uh, Grayson Allen, and John Morant, they have a net rating of 24.5. So we talk about the fact that they have not started the game well from March on versus before March, but in the third quarter, this group has played extremely well. Well, together, and that's why the Grizzlies have been so good at getting going in the second half and being able to to hold on to wins, get, get catch back up, whatever that may be. The Grizzlies have emerged as one of the best third quarter teams this year, especially since from March on, because their starting lineup, including Grayson Allen in it, have been so good in the third quarter of games, and that's what stood out. It's the start. Whatever adjustments are made. Coach Taylor Jenkins, since he's become coach, has been such a good adjustment maker at halftime that it has allowed his starting lineup to really be successful when it comes to the adjustments made. And that's what stood out. Yes, some bench players have certainly contributed as well, but the really key thing that stands out about the Grizzlies in the third quarter is just how well their starting lineup has played, especially when you put Grayson Allen in at the two-guard position. But at the end of the day, The thing that we talk about the most, and I feel that it is the most important to talk about, is the closing lineups, is those fourth quarter lineups. In terms of the only five-man lineup that has played 25 or more minutes in the fourth quarter, it's been the starting lineup of Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, and John Moran. That group of five in the fourth quarter since March 1st has a negative 12.6 net rating. So what does that say? It says that the Grizzlies starting lineup is certainly not their best combination of players to close the game out a lot of times. And the reason why that is, is because once teams make adjustments to the Grizzlies starting lineup, the starting lineup of John, ja, Grayson, Dylan, Kyle, and Jonas is not the best at adjusting back themselves, which is fine. This, the starting lineup for the Grizzlies probably is league average at best when it comes to talent. But what lineups have really stood out as being advantageous? Well, one of the ones that has stood out, uh, a four-man lineup containing Jonas Valanciunas, Dylan Brooks, John Morant, and Desmond Bain that lineup has a 16.6 net rating. The uh, lineup that includes Ja Morant, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, and Jonas Valanciunas, that lineup has had a 16.5 net rating. So it looks as if putting Desmond Bain as a shooter with them, with, um, uh, Brooks, Morant, and Valanciunas, or putting another big with that trio has really stood out well. To me, perhaps the most relevant piece of information is when you look at the three-man lineups. The three we, we talk about the three-man lineups, getting it closer down, and it seems as if in the fourth quarter, what really has stood out is that you know you're going to have Ja on the court, but also looking at the five- and four-man lineups, it appears that Dylan Brooks and Jonas Valanciunas are just as important, and it's true. Though Ja Morant, Dylan Brooks, and Jonas Valanciunas are the three-man lineup that have played the most minutes together for the Grizzlies in the fourth quarter, they only have a net rating of one. of a, They have a negative one point three net rating in the fourth quarter as a trio in one hundred and thirteen minutes since March first. But the five three man lineups that have the best net rating in the fourth quarter since March first, playing at least twenty five minutes together, all five of those lineups either have Jonas Valanciunas and or Dylan Brooks. In them, So the point that I'm getting at is this, is that when we talk about these closing lineups, when we talk about trying to figure out what makes the most sense, I do think that with Jaron back, Brandon Clark back, Xavier Tillman, so on and so forth, if the Grizzlies are playing with the lead, it makes sense to probably sit Jonas. It makes sense to probably put a more defensive-oriented um, um, structure in there when it comes to switching and things such as that, though Jonas does well as a rim protector and as a, especially as a defensive rebounder. But in general, I will honestly say it does appear that since the Grizzlies roster has gotten healthier and since March 1st, with how well he has played... The numbers seem to suggest that Jonas and Dylan Brooks are just as essential to have out there in the closing minutes as Jaw is. That's not taking anything away from Jaw. It's just showing how influential both Dylan Brooks and Jonas Valanciunas have been through this good stretch of play for the Grizzlies. So when we're talking about these closing lineups, obviously you're going to have Jaw in there. It seems a case can be made that Dylan and Jonas, though, are just as valuable in those closing minutes, and then you can mix and match the four and the two. That goes with your one, three, and five in those closing lineups. So, some really awesome, you know, n- numbers and data to look at. The Grizzlies' starting lineup is not as effective as it once was to start the game, but is highly, highly effective coming out of halftime. And the Grizzlies' bench unit certainly has continued to produce, especially getting better going from the first. To the second quarter, and then from there, Coach Taylor Jenkins has done at least a you know respectable job, a you know a, a job that you can at least be content with, um, you know, in terms of mixing and matching the closing lineups to have success. At the end of the day, the Grizzlies certainly have had their crunch time and fourth quarter struggles, but it seems like the data seems to suggest that if we figure out what to put with John Dylan and Jonas, and now that we have the ability to put Jaron Jackson and perhaps Melton with those that with that trio, that hopefully will solve some of our closing minute, will solve some of our closing minute issues as we go down the stretch, play against better teams. Because as we discussed yesterday, the Grizzlies really do control their own fate for their playoff hopes. If they can figure out that fourth quarter lineup and go with one that's consistent and successful, that could be a big step forward to allow for them to get into a really advantageous position for the playoffs. But to be ad, but to be in the advantageous position that we all hope they can be in, it starts tonight in a really, really big matchup against the Portland Trailblazers, a matchup that I feel could be looked at, could be looked back at as being one of the more important matchups for the five teams that are fighting for position in the bottom of the Western Conference playoff race. Coming up, we'll discuss how the Grizzlies can remain successful against the Trailblazers just as they did this past weekend. When it comes to the Grizzlies lineup, obviously we want to, the, the, Coach Taylor Jenkins and his staff obviously want to mix and match the best combination of players that give the Grizzlies the best advantage anytime that they're on the court. But one thing that you can do to give yourself the best advantage each day is to find the right mixture of healthy yet tasty snacks that you can enjoy in between your meals. And one of the best ways to do that is to include Built Bar. Built Bar, the best, pro, the best tasting protein bar out of the market right now. Whether you have it in the morning for breakfast or for the afternoon as a snack before and after a workout, however you choose to enjoy Enjoy it. Built Bar is going to ha- add plenty of health benefits to your day. Over 18 different flavors you can choose from at builtbar.com. And if you go to builtbar.com right now, put in the promo code Locked15, you'll get 50%, 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Go, go to builtbar.com, put in the promo code Locked15, and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Once you make Built Bar a part of your stay, day, it's going to be there to stay. Again, use Locked15 at builtbar.com to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. If wagering and betting on sports is a part of your fandom, I've got the place that got you covered, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has tons of action on the go as the NFL Draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this week. get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports. New sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device and use the promo code Locked On. That's the promo code Locked On to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Visit BetOnline.ag today. When it comes to the Locked On Today podcast, the big question is, will Dak Prescott be ready to start the season for the Dallas Cowboys? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So tonight, the Grizzlies will be facing the Portland Trailblazers. And last night, we obviously discussed about how a big game, you know, was there for the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Two of the five teams, along with the Grizzlies, Portland, and the Spurs, who make up the 6 through 10 spots in the West. Now, Dallas, I feel, with last night's win, they've pretty much got, you know, they've got a tiebreaker now, I believe, with both Golden State as well as the Grizzlies, I think that Dallas is pretty much a shoe-in for that sixth position. But I do think that the Grizzlies have the best chance to get to that seventh spot. As we discussed on last night's or yesterday's Locked on Grizzlies podcast, as I discussed, the Grizzlies have the easiest schedule in the NBA going forward. And they also have games against Portland, Dallas, and Golden State coming up. Dallas and Golden State, three of the last, um, or I believe four of the last, either three or four of the last the, the games against Dallas and Golden State are either two of the last three or two of the last four games of the season for the Grizzlies. But three head-to-head matchup against the other four teams that are making the bottom five in this Western playoff and play-in scenario right now. But also the Grizzlies have the easiest schedule coming up. But they can get a really big boost. From being able to get another win against Portland, a third straight win against Portland in their last four games, which would just be a huge, huge confidence booster going forward. Now, for a variety of reasons, number one, obviously you have a bit of a budding rivalry. You know, we've talked about Dan Devine over at the Ringer, a wonderful writer over the Ringer. He wrote about it today, just how while they're at different places on the competitive timeline, this head-to-head rivalry is important for both Portland and the Grizzlies. While it may be for different reasons, a very favorable outcome. Getting as good of a positioning in the playing game is important to both teams for the present and their futures as well. You also have the fact that there's also a bit of a rivalry going on in terms of, you know, they got a bit chippy over the weekend. Dylan Brooks obviously had an impact helping limit both C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard overall in terms of their play, Damian Lillard was only 16 of 49 from the field, seven of 21 from three. You know, uh, overall this week, never really got a, t- a stretch going where he took over the game, as he's so. Prone to having the ability to do, the Grizzlies did a great job of limiting him from doing that. They hopefully, especially now being at home, they hopefully will be able to do it once again tonight. So that that rivalry is there in terms of where each are and how important the playoffs are to each team's future going forward. But also because there's not a lot of loss between these two teams, I think there's plenty of respect between Damian Lillard, C.J. McCullum, and John Moran. But in terms of Dylan Brooks and others, I do think that there is a bit of bad blood between these two teams, especially without chippy things got this weekend. But keys to the game, obviously, are the ability for the Grizzlies to limit both C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. Another big key tonight is going to be with Jonas and with Jaron in the lineup. Now, again, the Grizzlies, once again, for the second consecutive game, they have all hands on deck. All of their players are available to play tonight. Another big thing that this Grizzlies team cannot afford to do is if things get a bit rough, they've got to limit fouls. They cannot let Portland be able to get to the line consistently. They did a decent job, but there were a, there was a bit of foul trouble in the game that Jaron did play. The Grizzlies have got to limit the ability for the Portland Trailblazers to get to the line. If they can do that, it takes away for Portland to have multiple avenues to really score offensively, because the Grizzlies are going to have the defensive advantage in this game. They did, they were the team that were able to get the stops over the weekend. They're the better defense. The Portland is probably a better offense in terms of shooting, but if the grizzlies can at least do it what they did over the weekend in terms of limiting Portland from really getting a long stretch of successive shooting going, if they can back that up by preventing them from getting to the line at a heavy frequency, that should also shine as well. You can bet Portland's going to make their adjustments. They have more incentive to win this game because of the fact that they lost two at home against the Grizzlies than the Grizzlies do. Don't get me wrong, the Grizzlies are going to be plenty motivated to win this game. I just think Portland is going to be heavily motivated, especially after how well they played last night in Indiana. They're going to heavily motivated to put two very good wins back-to-back together with how badly they've been playing as of late. Before this Grizzlies team, if they can limit Dame and C.J. McCollum, keep their composure, still play rough, still play physical, you know, don't back down to Portland, but try to limit the fouls, and if they can also do a good job of defending the three, I really think that's what the Grizzlies can stand out to do, and again, as we've discussed before, if the Grizzlies can can consistently find ways to score 113, 114, 115 points, along with being able to make 3s 12 13 14 3s plus hold their opponents under 40% from 3 their ability to win significantly goes up against portland they were able to find success doing that at times, or at least playing at those rates at times in both games. If they can do it again, once again tonight, I like their chances to win, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see a full roster available against a talented team like Portland. We're going to have all the reaction to tonight's game on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hope you can join us then. Thanks for joining us now. Again, you can find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at StatsAC. You can find the podcast wherever the podcast may be available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to find your podcast, that's where we will be. Make sure that you will be joining us tomorrow night during the NFL Draft for our Let's Talk Grizzlies show, talking all things Grizzlies. We'll have more uh, reminders of that on tomorrow's show, but until then, have a great day, have a wonderful Wednesday, and enjoy tonight's game versus the Trailblazers. Go Grizzlies! We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Hey Prime Members!